Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Good afternoon, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog Talk Radio, BackSportsPage.com. And we are in quarantine week number two uh, for our show here. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. I decided to actually break quarantine for the show and go for a walk. Uh, I know that many of you are sitting in your homes or maybe you're out on a walk just like myself. But staying away from other people at this point, and we understand that sports is pretty much irrelevant. I mean, it's not really relevant to anybody's life it's right not now. Irrelevant. When ESPN, well, you know, when ESPN is running the Ocho on Sunday because there's nothing else to run, the relevancy of bag toss is kind of. I mean, look, you, you you got your fun and games, and that makes sense. And Cotton needs new pants and all that other stuff. But in the long scope of things, we do understand that everybody is practicing or should be practicing social distancing, and sports is probably the last thing on your mind, although the first thing that you want. So here we are trying to give you your, quote, fix for the week. And as usual, here we are on a Tuesday, 5 o'clock, if you want to call in 760-283-0846, we'll go through NFL free agency, the canceling of the Olympics, and why Sean K. Palmer cannot have nice things. <laughs> I, just can't, I just can't have nice things. Well, I, I just can't. Like, So rewind like six years ago during the summer about this time. And it may have been longer. It may have been seven. I don't even know at this point. It's been so long. And the Mets have this stud. The New York Mets have this stud, Matt Harvey. And he is he is pitching well. He's in the All-Star game, so it must have been a little bit later in, in August sometime. And ESPN Trail comes across my phone and it says, Matt Harvey has torn his UCL and he will undergo Tommy John surgery. And I go into my boss, who's also a Mets fan, and he looks at me and he goes, why does it look like you just buried your dog? And I was like, well, I kind of feel that way. He goes, what's that? I go, we just can't have nice things. He's like, Harvey, like Tommy John surgery. And that's what I felt like today, Seth. I really did. Amongst everything that's going on, the crawl that I least expected to see this morning or this afternoon was Noah Syndergaard is now torn his UCL, his ulnar collateral ligament, and will be gone for 16 months. I'm, I'm, in, in the long scope of things, this really doesn't matter. I get that with coronavirus and all this other stuff and social distancing. But, man, how can you hit a man when he's down? Way to go. Seth, we can't hear a word you're saying if you're saying anything. I heard the, I heard the sigh, though. I heard the sigh. That's about all I got. Nope. Nope. Nothing. All you is mumbling. I heard that. I got the screw you. But okay, so that was uh, aside from that. There you go. Stay there. Okay. Try that again. What I said was this. Nope. Nope. We, Nothing. Nothing. All right. I'm going to call yourself and just do it that way. Okay. Giving conference. Meeting. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can do that, but we'll try it. Okay. We're going to try and merge phone calls and see if we can work that way here on the Seth and Schwartz Sports Radio Show. While I am getting – oh, here we go. All right. So we are going to add him. See if this works. 
Virgin calls. Seth, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, and I can hear you. Okay. We don't have to preface everything. With we now know. I can hear you. Alright, I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe if you, I, I don't know how this is working, but I I can't. I hear you for like two seconds, and I can't hear you again. Okay, give me two minutes. All right. So anyway, so we're dropping Seth again. Dropping him. Okay, so we're back. So anyway, I can't have nice things, and now I can't have a co-host. And I'm walking by a mall that has nobody in it. So. To be fair, I'm not in the worst situation here. I'm really not. You can uh, you can really talk about everything that's going on in the world, and, and I'm not doing that bad. I'm really not, and I get that. But, man, right after I see that Noah Syndergaard has been, has been uh, well, will be put on the 60-day EDL and will have to undergo Tommy John surgery, I find out that my Jets have lost Robbie Anderson, my number one wideout, for two years and $20 million going to the Panthers, which I think is a tremendous deal for them, um, matching him up with Curtis Samuel. So I love that I have from, from them. All right, let's see if Seth's back. Seth, are you there? Yeah, you should be able to hear me now. I can hear you now. This is great. Okay. Now this thing, so, now I'm outside. <laughs> Well, outside is not a bad place to be. Yeah, it's a little bit warmer down in Atlanta. So, anyway, I'm assuming we jumped off of the uh, Mets onto Robbie Anderson and we, why we the thought, Jets couldn't well, sign him. Okay, I can't hear now, you. Now, ironically, I'm hearing you. That's just the way. Well, I still can't hear you. So that that's that's both of us. But yeah, no. Uh, so, man, this sucks. So anyway, um, <laughs> any, I, nope, number one, nope, nope. You you sound like you sound like a bad muppet. I'm hearing like every other word is. Then there's not much I can do, buddy. Uh, okay, I don't know how time. we're gonna. Okay, we'll try one more thing. Maybe to call him with Carly's phone. I don't know. Anyway, yes, we moved on to Robbie Anderson and how I still can't have nice things, and the Jets can't put up two years and twenty million dollars for their number one wideout, a number one wideout, which unfortunately they now do not have. So unless there is. Something that's going on. And look, this is the best wideout draft in recent memory. You're going to see a lot of wideouts taken in the first round of this draft, including the, the Jets, who may take a Judy or somebody along those lines, or a Henry Doves. I just don't get it. I don't get how they can not try and get a wideout. And we got set back. Let's see if we got set. Hopefully we got that. We're okay. just talking for an for the hour. Fourth time. Hey, I got him. I got him. All right. Continue talking. Okay. So a couple things. Number one, we don't have to preface everything with, you know, we know that sports isn't that important. Everyone knows the importance of sports one way or the other. We don't Fair. need to preface it every Number two. Fair. Yeah. You don't, you don't get nice things. You don't, from generation K, Going forward, you just don't get nice things, Sean. It's just the way it works. Number three, <laughs> please, please explain to me, for love of God, a team that has one wide receiver, Jamison Crowder, why you would not pay two for 20 for Robbie Anderson? I don't get it. Well, they actually I have more either. than one wide receiver. They have Quincy and Numa, who also who is in your own granted. Look, look, look. I'm not I, – I, I just said – I don't understand it. I don't understand two for 20 unless they are looking for a wide out in the first round and they don't believe that Andrew Thomas is going to be there. And that's the, Andrew look, Thomas, we, we Andrew all Thomas is Andrew Thomas seems to be the fourth offensive lineman 
behind right. Wilkes, Becton, and I forget the third off the top of my head. Number one. They'll all be gone. Number two. They'll all be gone. One, two, and three are all going to be gone. Yeah, as I said, I forget the third because now I'm not in front of my computer, so I can't look. Um, Number two, even if you re-sign Anderson, you still need a number two wide out. So you can draft a Judy, a Ruggs, the third, you know, a C.T. Lamp, whoever your heart desires. You've gone from a position of relative weakness to absolute and utter weakness in one in one swoop. And I find it silly. Yeah, you well you get no you get no argument from me whatsoever. Look, I think that they were foolish. If if they were given the opportunity at two for twenty to go get Robbie Anderson, I think they were utterly foolish in not doing it. Now, were they given the opportunity to do that? We don't know. Right? I mean, we don't know if if he wanted to go with Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina or he was okay staying two for 20 with the Jets. We just don't know. And you that's know what, not though, to say. I, I would have, you know, what have we talked about? That it's not the worst thing in the world to overpay on a small, on a small, on a, on a short-term contract. We talked about that with the Giants, with Bradbury and with Blake Martinez. Look, for, for an extra three minutes, you get him a two for 23. What the heck's the difference at that point? At least Again, you have – I'm not disputing that they should have paid him more. But – and from all reports from Connor Hughes of The Athletic, they were willing to go to 11 or $12 million to go get him, and anything more than that, they would have stepped aside. And this two for 20 seems to be a little bit off. And, and Anderson, I believe, is 26 years old. So he's going to come back out at 28 and have yet another free agency. And I get it. Look, I get it. I get that I, any, any Jets fan that is thoroughly disgusted with this, uh, you can hop on my bandwagon because I'm all there with you, 100% there with you. This makes no sense to me. This is one of those, and, and even more so, I don't get this from the Carolina point of view either. Do you? Two years for a team that is in, quote, rebuilding at this point? You're going to spend two, two years and $20 million on a, basically a number two receiver to Curtis Samuel? Do you understand it from that point of view? Well, first of all, he's not the number two to Curtis Samuel. He's number two to DJ Moore. Number oh, DJ one. Moore, excuse me. Number, yeah. number two. You don't, you know, Curtis Samuels, they're both speedsters. So I, don't, I, I think it's a little bit redundant. You don't have a tight end because you, cause Olsen's gone. Your quarterback, you now have Bridgewater, and obviously you have um, McCaffrey at the running back. But your defense needs a lot of help, and especially with Keekley now retired. Thomas Davis is gone, has been gone. Bradbury is gone. Why you're spending – why you're spending money on a number two or number three wideout right now is pretty silly to me. It's just, yeah, I, just, I don't understand the thought process. I, I take that money and re-sign Christian McCaffrey if you're going to do that. And here's so, – so we've seen over the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit, to all the running backs that have gotten – how do I say this? Less money than they probably thought that they would have, right? You have Todd Gurley, who was, re- who was released. And granted, Todd Gurley made a fortune in two years. He made approximately $40 million in two years. Off, I don't know who's, who was the agent, but that was a tremendous deal from them. To Melvin Gordon, who gets $8 million per year after asking for twelve last year. And he's going to take some of the snaps from Philip Lindsay, so you know Lindsay's not going to get that contract. And you have all these running backs that are coming up that are not getting the deals like Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell. I'm looking forward to next year, Seth. And next year there are going to be two guys that are going to come up for extension. One is Christian McCaffrey, and one is your guy, Saquon Barkley. And if you're the Giants, what are you looking at here? Are you looking at an Ezekiel Elliott deal? Because if you are, 
That deal doesn't look so great anymore either, and that's one year in. I think you are – I think they are very happily going to wait and see here. Um, yeah, in my mind, are we looking – I think you are looking at now you have someone who's a little bit less wear and tear on the knees with with Barkley. But he's going to be my, they're going to have to offer him the same thing as Elliot, same thing as Gurley. They're going to have to offer him in that ballpark because he is your, he is your red carpet player. Um, I, I have no idea how to play this out. I really don't have a clue. Um, but I'm just hoping to, to have a season at this point. I'm hoping to I'm, – I'm curious to see where this team is because I don't really have a feel. There are people who are really optimistic after the pick, after the trade, after the free agent pickups. Uh, again, picking up Deion Lewis, so they have a little bit of a better third down back to kind of alleviate some of the stress off of Barkley. And uh, – or – but they still need they still need a wide out they still need defensive and you know they haven't signed Marcus Golden you know I don't really know where this team stands at this point and you know, that's kind of where we are and I don't think the Jets know where they stand to be perfectly honest you have a quarterback well, that you're happy with you know I mean you know my feelings on Darnold um, the running back position. You know, you have Bell for another year at least. Your wideouts are a disaster. Your defense, your secondary looks pretty. Your safeties look good. Not in the corners. Not sure on really anything else. I think both teams are kind of all over the place, to be honest. Well, the difference between the Jets and the Giants to me is how good the division is going to be. Because to me, the Jets division, the AFC East, Maybe the worst division in football right now. And that's saying a lot. But it may very well be. The Giants, you know that the Eagles are going to be good. You know that the Cowboys are going to be good. And you don't have any idea what the Redskins are going to be. But at least you have two teams that you look at and say, okay, is, is 11 wins a possibility? And look, we're looking at this in April. Not even April. We're looking at this in March, before the draft. So we're making prognostications. Who knows what's going to happen in the next two, three months? Maybe nothing, maybe a lot. But the fact is, looking at it today, the Eagles look like strong Super Bowl contenders. The Cowboys look like strong Super Bowl contenders. Those two teams are leading that division. At least when you look at the Jets, without Brady, you kind of go, all right, the division's going to take a huge step back. I mean, a huge step back, and maybe, just maybe, the fall of the Patriots is coming. And But if you're looking for a leader in that division right now, it's Buffalo. So of the last two weeks, and we're in week two of, of, of free agency, which is the surprise move that you saw, either contractually or where the person went? I mean, I don't think there's any question. We talked about this last week briefly. The most confusing deal of all is Andre Hopkins to Arizona for Dave Johnson in the second round pick. That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Well, but that was – hold on. But that was a trade. Let's look at the people – that had had the opportunity to go where they wanted to, and a team that signed a person that was open to the masses, that was able to give them what they want. And by the way, Hopkins, from reports, is looking. He's got three years left in that contract. He's looking oh, for an upgrade from 13 to 18. So a bit money that the the Texans did not have. But anyway, let let's look at the free agency market. How about Jimmy Graham to, to Chicago? Two years, $16 million. I in God's name would Chicago make that move. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, again, I'm, t- I'm doing this without really looking at anything. I don't really understand 
be honest, the Melvin Gordon to Denver. I think I think Denver had a nice one too with Lindsey and Freeman. I I'm not sure I get that one either. Um, those are the two off the top of my head that kind of that kind of rub my eyes a little bit on. I look at the Lindsey deal and I say, is this a way? Given that it's only two years for Gordon, that they are trying just not to pay, not not just to pay him, but to have wear and tear on Lindsey. Because Lindsey is earning like four to seven hundred thousand dollars. I mean, he's earning a pittance. He was up for an extension this year, and now you know he's not going to get the same carries that Gordon gets. So, or they're going to split carries, much like Eckler and he did. Eckler and Gordon did last year in which neither one of those guys got big deals. Could that be a, an instance in which Denver is basically CYAing themselves against a big, a big year by Lindsay and a big contract extension? I don't think so. Um, sorry, I, just, I actually just lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. What did you just ask me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I went for, look, it, 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 it's, it's a long day every day. Uh, Lindsey uh, Gordon taking that contract. It's a two-year contract, right? It's eight, 13, I believe it's thirteen million guaranteed. Sixteen million in total. I think it's thirteen guaranteed. And the fact that by him take him putting some of that wear and tear on his on his body means that Lindsey's not putting it on his, and that right. Lindsey's up for a contract extension, which. They're going to tell him, hey, buddy, uh, you're not getting all the carries this year. We're not going to give you as much money. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think – because if we're going to use that thought process, we might as well just have Lindsay paid him the $8 million and not have to worry about this. But Lindsay's not $12 to $13 million back. So you're doing this because you think Gordon's an improvement. Which he probably is. Uh, you're, not, you're not doing this despite Lindsay on a, on, a, on, a, on a rookie deal. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm not. Okay, fair enough. I'm not saying that Gordon is not better. I just think that Gordon for two years means Lindsay in two years will be that guy again. They will hold on to Lindsay for two more years and pay him less than what he would probably earn if given the next two years of the full time back. The strange deal for me, and there were a bunch of them, but most of them were in Miami. I don't understand Kyle Van Noy's contract at all. I think it was like four years and fifty-one million dollars. Yep. I, I don't. I don't think I get any of the ex-Patriot contracts. Like, hey, you won as a Patriot, and now you're going to another team, and other teams believe that they have to pay them. Like top dollar, like for instance, Jamie Collins, who goes to Detroit with Matt Patricia for two years and, and sixteen million. Jamie Collins was a waiver wire pickup two years ago from Cleveland. I mean, anybody could have had him for nothing after he signed that five-year, fifty-one million-dollar contract and basically bid it in Cleveland. So now he goes to Patricia and gets another sixteen. They annoyed the same deal. I mean, you look at Trey Flowers, who went to Detroit last year on a... That's what I was going I'm with. I'm sorry? I said that's kind of where my thought process was going with this, with yeah. Trey Flowers. These guys do, and I get what Patricia's trying to do. Look, it's what the Flores tries to do. It's what every, it's what every former New England head coach tries to do is recreate the Belichick magic. Well, maybe it's just Belichick. I mean, Belichick's well, the best coach yeah. in, in, in possibly the history of the NFL. But as you said, the problem is these players who've gone from New England to other teams have just not had anywhere close to the success. You know, the, the, the only, the only um, exception really being Samuel Jones. But you know, Nate Soldier has obviously been a bust. Um, Trey Flat was not great last year. They just seem to know when to get rid of their players. And Van Noy, who's a little bit younger than a lot than these guys were, but a 
four-year, $51 million deal. And I know the Giants were interested, but I don't think they were interested at that rate at that, for that many years. The thing, you know, I, I don't love the Giants free agency, but the one thing I will say, and we've talked about this, I do like that there are no long-term free agents on this deal. It, it allows it's kind of a proving ground for both Martinez and for Bradbury to get their longer contracts in the 20s. But if they have to walk away, they can walk away. Now, when you're talking $51 million, the other thing is you have to remember with Detroit, or as you said with Jamie Collins, Quinn and Patricia are on win now, or they're out, which is why I don't think under I don't think that they're trade I don't think they're going to trade the number three pick because picking a lineman or picking someone who's going to help them two or three years from now doesn't no good because Patricia's not going to have a job in, in a year. You know, it's a it's an interesting situation. No, I think you're absolutely right with regards to the number three pick. I think they've telegraphed actually the number three pick, unless they want to trade down um, and not trade down considerably. I mean, like trade down from like three to five or three to six. I think the trade of Darius Slay, which I can't believe what they had, what they got for him. And that's not in a positive. I mean, they got a third and a fifth for Darius Slay, where at the beginning at, at the trading deadline, they were asking, I believe it was a first and a third. Darius Slay is one of the top five corners in the N- in the NFL. I mean, I, I I I would have loved to have Darius Slay on the Jets. I mean, that was the guy I was looking for. And it looks like Detroit just wanted to get rid of him, and they did. And they got rid of him for a third and a fifth. Uh, chalk that up for Howie Rosenbaum for a win for him, along with an extension. But you're seeing. Seth, you're seeing shorter-term contracts in the NFL, and you're also seeing a device which has been used by certain teams such as Tampa. Yes, I'm giving credit to Tampa Bay and the Raiders here. Now, understand this has nothing to do with Tom Brady, and I'm still giving credit to Tampa Bay and the Raiders because Tampa Bay and the Raiders, for, for the longest time, have not given out signing bonuses. They've given out what's called roster bonuses. And what's the difference? A roster bonus hits on the 5th or the 12th or the 20th day, whatever it is, and it hits the cap all on that year. So, so basically you're guaranteeing salary as of that year. And what does that mean? Well, the reason why people are kept for long-term contracts over the period in which they are actually good Let's put Le'Veon Bell in this situation, and I'm not sure on the exact numbers. But Le'Veon Bell got a five-year contract with a signing bonus of, let's say, $20 million. So five-year contract, $20 million divided, $4 million hit every single year. So if you cut him now, you're taking $4 million of dead weight. If it was a roster bonus of $20 million, and the team that did that the best was the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo when they actually gave him a $29 million roster bonus when they traded for him because they had $29 million under the cap at that point. They, the reason why San Francisco could cut Jimmy G right now with almost nothing is because that roster bonus is not a signing bonus. So similar to what you were saying, these shorter-term contracts – means that you can cut people with less money on their cap. And if they sign option or roster bonuses, which I believe the Jets have been doing, then you are saving on the cap for later, unlike the Le'Veon Bell situation. And the only reason the Jets have not cut Le'Veon Bell is because they owe him a lot of money this year. They'd actually owe him the same amount if they cut him or if they played him. That's not a good situation to be in when you're dealing with a, with a player that you don't want. And Adam Gase has been adamant that he does not want him. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> so I just put an end to that. Drop the yep, mic. That, that pretty much sums it up. So, as you said, the Olympics are now going to be canceled. Uh, or postponed a year. 
yeah. Canada. I, I think it came out officially today. Um, actually, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll go back to football. It doesn't matter. Um, but to me, the more, what's going to be interesting is to see how this impacts the 2021 uh, men's basketball team. Because you have guys, you know, you know people who were not going to play, like a Curry, or excuse me, like a Durant. Um, LeBron is going to be a year older. Curry's never played before, so I assume he wants to play. I'm going to be really interested to see. I think this kind of restarts the whole. I think the players that were cut that were originally off on the first cut. I think they kind of restarts, doesn't it? Well, if you recall, at the end of this, at the end of January, when they decided, when they when they were talking about the Olympics, Jerry Colangelo said up front, "I'm bringing 12 guys." That's it. Like, we're not going to have this whole cut thing from – we're not going to have a training camp where we cut players anymore. We're just going to – I got my list. I'm going to get – I'm going to pick 12. It very much sounds like the Olympics for hockey where I got my players and I'm just going to pick them. And whether there has been some – whether there was backdoor negotiations as to Kevin Durant saying, I will play, right, because you're not going to ask a guy to play – if he's on the 12 and not be sure he's going to actually play, you're going to make sure of that beforehand. But the fact is they had their 12 going in. I'm interested to see who that 12 were, but we'll never find that out. In my opinion, we'll never see that'll never see the light of day. I'm with you though, with LeBron, right? But you can make the case. And I think many are going to is that, depending on how long this delay is, does he get a longer, like imagine that the the season does not continue, that it's done. LeBron has probably the most time off since he was in high school from basketball. If, If they don't play again until September, right? When's the last time he had six months off from basketball? I'd actually be pretty afraid of a LeBron James with six months off. At any age. So I think you might get those older players saying, hey, I just, had, I just had six, eight months off. I mean, Kevin Durant's rehabilitation better be going well. He, he's not playing, doesn't have any problems with it. And you're right. I think, you'll have, I think you'll have more people fighting for spots rather than less. I don't think you'll have any people dropping out. And it's going to be a boring summer. <laughs> well, that's assuming that uh, I, I'm not surprised that the Olympics postponed. No, it had to be. I mean, were you surprised? I was actually, I was in favor of it. I think you have a, with, with the uncertainty that's going on right now. I mean, the issue is you don't know when this is going to end. So you can't say, okay, we're going to schedule X for this date and why for that date. And I don't think it's fair to, and I use the word fair very liberally. I don't think it's fair to athletes to say you have to ramp it up so quickly because that's when injuries happen. And I believe it was Jared Dudley that said, uh, I think it was, wait, it was Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes said it first. He said, we may see the best NBA playoff in history because of all these teams having so much time off. Okay, that's one way of thinking about it. And then you think about the fact that none of these teams are keep they're not they're not allowed in the facilities and they're not allowed to go through their normal regimen and they may be out of shape. Seth, we may have the we may be looking at basically preseason basketball in the playoffs if that's the case. Yeah, we really have no idea what to anticipate one way or the other. And you know, let's just hope there is a playoff if nothing else. I think the interest one of the interesting things about this whole whole thing, and I don't ask anybody but myself to understand this or care about this is how the salary caps are going to work going forward. So we have Giannis, who's supposed to get this mega, mega rich 
um, super maximum contract this upcoming summer, supposedly. Well, that mega, mega rich maximum contract, Seth, was based on a salary cap that I can't – the salary cap is based on the revenues. And, by the way, they canceled 22 games for each team, no playoffs, perhaps no champion. That's a lot of revenue that's going back into the caboodle and how that maximum shapes out and how not only will next this year with the cap, which will have to drop, unless there's some agreement, it will have to drop because it's all based on a mathematical formula. Then we have, let's presume that next year is normal, as normal can be. You're going to have a spike of like $60 million in your salary cap. You're going to have a Kevin Durant type year where everybody can sign that guy, whoever that guy is. I think they learned from the last time that this happened that a smoothing out would be better. Like you anticipate $60 million next year, well, we'll give you 30 this year and 30 next year. But that all depends on the negotiations of the, of the players' associations. And the same thing happens in hockey. I mean, you have the same type of salary cap based on revenues in hockey. I think I, – I, I don't presume that anybody else is interested in that stuff but me and my buddy Mark Rubin. But to me, that's, that's extraordinarily interesting stuff. Now, let me ask you this. How long do you think for baseball teams are going to need before starting up? Let's assume that the virus was done tomorrow, which we know is not possible, but let's presume it'll, it'll be necessary until we get into game play. I assume two to three weeks. Um, I'm, I'm assuming, so- you know, look. They did. They obviously started. They started training down. They're not going to be better situation this week. So I see no reason why it would be more than two to three weeks. I think I heard two to three weeks, but I, I think yeah, I think we're on the I think we're on the short straw. I think uh, yes, players started their training camp but got sent home early. Remember, training camp starts at the middle of February, pitchers and catchers. And for players, I don't think you're going to have the same issues, right, for hitting and fielding. But I think it's the pitching that if, if it's only two to three weeks, and even when there was the strike in 1990, the end of the strike in 95, they had, I believe, a month or uh, five weeks in order to throw a, a spring training together you're going to have some awfully bad baseball. I mean, I, I, I think the thing that we have to keep ourselves in mind here and the same thing that we were talking about with basketball and hockey and being out of shape is that when sports comes back, I'm not sure you're getting the sports that we're used to. The talent's still there, but I'm not sure that the players will be in as good a shape or even close to it. And as China and Korea are, are finding out, and the Korean Basketball Association, was, uh, Korean Basketball League, I think it is, the KBL, was scheduled to start this week, to restart. Korea has not had or has had less viruses. There's a, you can read the CNN for that. But they've had less cases of viruses than anybody else, I believe, in the last two weeks. And they were going to start up. The the problem was the government didn't permit the the fans to go into the stadium. Seth, I'm not sure you're going to get people. I, I look, I would love for people to congregate tomorrow in a baseball stadium. I would love for that to happen, and I would love to believe that once we get back to normal, that all of a sudden nobody's going to think about this. I'm just not sure how realistic that is with somebody. I don't think it's realistic at all. I think that you will have a huge problem attracting players to games. So attracting fans to games, excuse me. So I don't disagree with you on that. But they're going to start wanting to generate income again at some point. You're going to get some, you're going to get some 
You're just not going to get an enormous amount. So, you, so I've I've heard many I've heard many fans say, and I apologize for the noise, ladies and gentlemen. I am walking at this point, trying to get my exercise in. I've heard some fans at this point say, you know what? When the when the game starts, the people want to get out so badly. People want to get out so badly that the that the stadiums will be packed, and that there won't be any issue with getting people in the in the stadiums. I don't I don't believe that whatsoever. I believe I you're going to have I believe you're going to have major major issues if you start if 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 we got the all clear tomorrow, which we won't. But if we get the all clear tomorrow to start the NBA, say, I don't know, Memorial Day, so May 30th or whatever, I I would I'd be interested to see how full those stadiums are. I'm not sure people believe that there isn't a second coming of this virus, and if so, that is just hibernation 101 right there. I don't think you'll get a full stadium. I think I agree. I do think it will take a long time to get back to full capacity. That's not something that'll be fixed in two weeks or a month or two months. Yeah, I think most people will be more than content to watch those games at home. Sounds like you just hung up. I'm not sure if you did. No, I'm here. Sorry. Better half better half walk in. So so what so what have you been doing? And and look, this is an issue, right? I mean, I've been keeping myself occupied. Look, ladies and gentlemen, there's not a lot of sports going on right now. So we can bore you with the more NFL free agency. We can bore you with more Major League Baseball. We can bore you with more NHL and how it's all going to deal with. And we're gonna have we're gonna struggle in the next couple of weeks, much like every single sports outlet is struggling right now to come up with content. I'll I'll tell you right now, I was struggling other than the NFL and the Olympics to come up with content for today's show. It's going to be a struggle. And if if you read any of the sports websites, the Athletic, ESPN, CNN, it's not CNN, it's SI.com now, you're going to see human interest stories. You're going to see, look, you're going to see Babe Ruth had the Spanish flu which I thought was a great story by The Athletic and how a reporter passed away. You're going to see Joe Pazanski with a, a something uh, article on Eddie Murray today, which was tremendous. And I love Eddie Murray was one of my favorite players growing up. You're going to see all these different things, and we're in the same boat. We're struggling. So instead of talking about the Ocho or whatnot, we're going to talk about our lives, and we're going to see where where we fall. And, and Seth, I know that you're busy with your t- with your tax season, luckily for you, it's extended. What? It, let, let's be let's be frank here. Where are you getting your fix? Where are you getting your either? What are you doing with your sports that does not exist anymore? At least in this world today. Well, um, let's see. I've watched a little bit. And now again, I'm in busy season without basketball on it's a little harder to be overly um you know excited about it but uh i watched rodman dennis rodman 30 for 30 a couple days ago i am devouring the athletic which is pretty much what i do at this point anyway um and i'm watching i never actually finished it I'm watching the, bas- the Basketball the Love Story by Dan Clark on ESPN, which is like the 25-part um, thing that was made last year. I'm not really trying to get my fix at this point. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a three-year-old who's consistently crying. I have a business to run. You know, it's... I, that's it can only be so much at this so you know unfortunate but it is what it is yeah so i i watched the uh the 30 for 30 on usa basketball on the dream team which i had never seen which was fantastic I don't think everything it, about I don't that think it's was... a 30 i don't think it's a 30 for 30 though oh no it's on nba tv sorry it's on nba tv yeah. so it's not a 30 for 30 but 
truly, truly tremendous. And for those that grew up with around the same time, who are in their 40s, let's call it in their late 30s, early 40s, and you're seeing Charles Barkley back when Charles Barkley was skinny. Like, his, his nickname was the round mound of rebounds. Charles Barkley was a skinny, skinny guy when he first, in 92, when he first started. He first started. Or, I'm sorry? I didn't say anything. Oh, I thought you said something. So, he was a really skinny guy. And you see Jordan playing golf with Chuck Daly, and you see John Stockton. One of the more interesting stories of that entire, of that entire documentary was one day – the boss, the Olympic boss, and understand the dream team was like the Beatles in Barcelona, and the bus couldn't get through any traffic. And all the players had their wives and their kids on the bus, and John Stockton got off the bus because he said, I don't want to be here anymore, and started walking around with his family and actually interviewed a person that had a T-shirt of the dream team on and said, hey, how are you? Have you seen any of the Dream Team members? And I believe she said, yeah, I I saw Charles Barkley walking by. And he says, so have you seen anybody else? Clearly understanding that she has no idea who John Stockton is. And eventually, John Stockton asks his, like, four- or five-year-old son, hey, buddy, do you know any of the people on his shirt? And he go, he points out John Stockton. He goes, "That's my daddy," and he's looking <laughs> straight up, and, and she's like, she's completely astonished. And I guess that's the, I guess that's the uh, disguise that you get when you're John Stockton at six one, walking around Barcelona, as opposed to Patrick Ewing at seven feet. And I never, never, ever realized that there was a. I'm, I'm forgetting. Patrick Ewing developed a friendship with, who was it? Oh, I was so, oh, Larry Bird. He and Larry Bird became like best friends on that trip, and they still are. And those are two guys that I would never in a million years believe were good friends. Like, they just don't, to me, that's, that's but then again, you got Larry and Magic, too. So, I mean, but I, I've been keeping myself, I, I'm trying to find some, some new TV because I seem to be devoured. Look, I've worked from home for the last 12 months, so this is a normal for me. But at the same time, it's not a normal for my colleagues. And I'm trying to make it a normal for my colleagues. I'm trying to do the best that I can for some of them, including giving them a half-hour tip, half hour tips on exercise and getting yourself up and making sure you're drinking enough water because, ladies and gentlemen, if you are working from home, I will guarantee you you are not drinking enough water. You're just not. You're not used to it. You're, you're sitting down too much. You're not getting up and walking around. Please do such. I mean, you're, go for walks if you can keep your social distance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I think it's mile three of a six-mile walk right now. Get out, outside, keep yourself safe. But at the same time, I think it's a matter of a new, what's new today, right? Every day is going to be a new day. And I think the worst thing you can do is watch the news. I just do. I, I Look, you'll know when it's done. <laughs> Everybody, I, I, Seth, what do you think it'll be like when, like, I keep talking with some of my friends down here that we're going to have this massive barbecue when this whole thing is over. Do you believe it'll be like World War II where it's like, hey, it's over, everybody go out and play? Or do you think that people will be a little skeptical? I'm thinking more the latter than the former. I think it depends where you are. Um, the people who have been... I, we, we can't hear you. Speak up a little bit, please. Um... I think everyone, I don't think we're looking at a World War II per se. Um, I think, I think people just want to, you know, there'll be a couple days of that. And then people just want to get back to bring in money and get back to a day-to-day grind. 
um, and maybe with a little bit more, a little bit more of a humbleness, and maybe with a little bit more accentuation on a work-life balance. But you have two or three days of drunken debauchery, and then, then I think it'll be back to the norm. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, well, I have to tell you, I hope you're absolutely right. I, I, I think everybody is clamoring for a little bit more of norm. Uh, so we got about 10 minutes left, Seth. If you have something last to say, um, let, let's take that now. We're going to try yep. and figure out what our schedule is for the next couple of weeks coming up, and uh, we'll, we'll post that on the website. Uh, we may take next week off. We'll see how the, how the sports world goes or if we can come up with a topic. Again, we are struggling here, as are most sports outlets right now. But we will try – we will have a show next week. I, we shouldn't take off a week. We will have a show. It may be an abbreviated one, but we will have it. It may be half hour. hour. All right. Yep, I'm good. I'll let you go. Okay. I'm so, good to go. Okay. All right. So, for one last thing before we go, or before I go, and I believe this, nope, not where I make the left turn. It's the same walk I've done for the last couple of days. Take care of the people that are out there and helping out. I say that with with all the humility in the world. There are people that are not allowed to work from home. There are your doctors. Those are your nurses. Those are your supermarket convenience people. Understand that they want to be home too. They're your policemen, your firemen. Understand that they are putting themselves at risk so you can go out, so you can be safe. So you can get your bread or your milk or your cheese or whatever the case may be. Understand that they are just here to help you. Give them a hi. Give them a thank you. Give them a a gift card. Give them cash. Whatever it is. I'm not saying do that to a police officer. That may be a little bit troubling. But say thank you. Appreciate. Appreciate what you have. I know I do. Okay, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com. We will be back next week. I just got to figure out what we want to talk about. If you have any ideas, Seth and Sean Sports at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Seth and Sean. You can find us on Facebook at Seth and Sean Sports. All right, everybody, have a great day, and please stay safe.